podcast series that focuses on big data and analytics, digital marketing, and business best practices and latest trends in the digital world. I'm your co-host, Jeremy Roberts, and with me always is my co-host, Samir Khan. Today's topic is actually very, very exciting. It's something that everybody's really talking about today. It's mobile ad and analytics blocking. Understand, prepare, and overcome the ad blocking movement. And, and you know, Samir, just off the top of your head, you know, what, what is – how relevant is this today in, in 2015 moving into 2016? You know, how, how big of a deal is this? Hey, Jeremy. Yeah, the ad blocking movement is kind of picking up today. It's a very hot topic with the launch of uh, Apple's uh, iOS 9.0 where Apple has provided capabilities to the app developers to include some of the blocking technology within the app so people are not going to be able to push their ads in these apps which this is how you know the ecosystem the free app works is they make money through uh, through the advertisement so l- let's look at uh, the you know some of the historical uh, aspects of the ad blocking so if you look at it what ad blocking is it's nothing new you know, we've had this uh, scenario on multiple times. Uh, if, if you recall, this was in 2006 when the first, uh, mm-hmm. literally first desktop ad blocking technology was launched uh, in the form of AdBlock Plus. Uh, you know, this this was a one of the first line of ad blocking technology, which later on incorporated was incorporated in Firefox. And very quickly, this product, AdBlock uh, Plus, uh, the initial version point, 0.5 and then 0.6, became the top 100 products of 2007 because it was massively accepted by the audience. It definitely improved their experience. Uh, you know those uh, the shiny ads, the popping ads that used to yep. show up in 2006, 2007? Yep. They all stopped. So it dramatically improved the user experience. So overall, the ad blocking technology it's not new. It's just the psychology of, you know, if we are, today we're programmed in a way that we love news. You know, we love new information and 99% of all news you see is negative. But in marketing world, you know, we don't get negative news pretty often. So when something comes up like ad blocking technology for mobile, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it just yeah. changes the dynamic of the conversation and everybody's talking about it. Like a few, few years ago, I remember it was like SEO was dead, you know, things like that. So, but, but I definitely want to get not like, true. What, what are your it's thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely not new. I, I think it's just transformed. I think it's evolved over the, over the past decade. You know, I, you know, back then it was, it was all about spam. You know, I, I think that's actually around the same time, just a few years before that. I believe in two thousand one, two thousand two, is when you know the can spam compliance actually was released with email, and with that, I think that spurred the whole movement of people just starting to spam and throw just flashy and to be frank, annoying ads that were out there, mm-hmm. and this movement really launched. You know, a, a change in the way advertisers, you know, market and seek out their customers. But you know what? It, it, it like I said, it hasn't changed. It's just it's had its cycles. It has has its ups and downs. And now with mobile, I mean, mobile's really changed the face of of ads. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's as we all know, when you get an ad on your desktop, it's it's okay. You know, it, it's personal. You don't take it too personally. You know, it's something that, you know, you think is somewhat relevant and whether it's relevant to you or not. But then when you look at an ad or you receive an ad on your mobile phone, if it's not something that means something specifically to you and it's not personalized, you get upset. 
you know, pe- people people are mad when they receive uh, an ad or some type of communication through their phone, and it's not exactly what they want. And so I, I really think it's it's evolved, and I think it's evolved over the decade um, because of mobile. Yeah, and, and I think you bring up a great point there, where because mobile is so personal, it's your device. Like you know, most of the time when you have a computer. Uh, other than the computer that you have at work, it's probably shared by multiple people, right? You know, you may have your family yep. members yep. access it. So it's not as much personal as it is where mobile devices are so personal that, you know, it feel like somebody is like intruding your, uh, like, you know, getting into your personal life. And plus, they're not delivering the experience that you were looking for. It's pretty annoying. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, let's, let's go into really how it works because I think some people might be thinking – you know, I, I basically understand how it works. It's all cookie-based, um, you know, and, and maybe you can touch quickly on, you know, how does ad blocking technology work back in the day with cookies and maybe how it's evolved with uh, retargeting today. Yeah, terrific. Uh, ad blocking technology is, you know, most people think that ad blocking originally before iOS changed the game, iOS 9.0, was limited to browser. But that's not the case. You know, there are multiple types of ad blocking technologies available. The most common one that we have seen with all these different plugins such as Adblock Plus, Ghostry, uh, it's designated to the browser. You know, we feel that it, it can prevent the content, the ad content, the annoying ad content being downloaded in the browser, and these are the plugins that protect it, and these plugins can be incorporated into your existing browser, such as Firefox and Safari and Chrome, uh, and also your mobile devices. But there are a lot of different mechanisms in how ad blocking works. So the browser is definitely one of them. There is then there's external programs, uh, proxy servers. You know, proxy servers are also one of the yep. common ways. Uh, to prevent uh, some of these ad, blo- ad technologies to show up. Uh, you know, some of the proxy servers that you may have seen, and, and you can define, like, the, the limit of this proxy service. So some proxy servers are HTTP proxy, which can just block specific ads and specific IP addresses, versus some can block everything, like all the content and you can control, like NetNanny uh, or yep. Private Eyes. You know, these are the type of the one that you want to use for your kids for, on your devices so you can control the content. And they work in a completely different way than the generalized uh, cookie-based or you know, plug-in-based uh, browser technology. And then there is hardware technology as well. So if you want to get really sophisticated, probably organizational-wide uh, blocking of content or controlling the Internet access to your employees and things like that, then AdTrap, you know, hardware technology that allows you to block uh, a a large chunk of uh, organizational data and, you know, do all sorts of uh, control of content. In some of the countries, like, you know, China or uh, some other countries, they block Facebook or other social media mechanism. They control that. And so they use really powerful combination of hardware and software uh, to prevent content access. And then finally, uh, DNS filtering and host file edits. So, So this is more of a legacy type of ad blocking where you can go and do a bunch of DNS filtering and you can edit your host files uh, so there's a lot of redirect that happens in the back end, and it protects you from um, seeing uh, content and ads. So so those are the types of ad blocking technology, and it varies. Uh, again, the most common one and the most popular one, the most that uh, the technology that's getting most attention is the browser-based or app-based technology. Pop- ad pop-up blocker. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I I even remember on some of our our business travels, you and I. You know, go into some even the countries in the Middle East where, you know, you, 
you're just trying to access something simple as, you know, men's health, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to go look at a, the latest, you know, exercise, you know, head into the gym. And, you know, those sites are blocked. Yeah. And, and I believe it's a very similar technology that they use, as you just mentioned, from the ad blocking technology to really block out uh, whole domains. Yeah. And it's all about control, right? How much information yep. you want to control uh, that's going to be uh, disseminated to your audience and, you know, how much information yep. that you want them to have access to. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun stuff. It is. It is. So I, let me, let's get into this now. So, you know, with with this, you know, talking about the movement, talking about how it's been around for, you know, almost since 2007, almost a decade, um, and then talking about the different types of technology. Now, really, what's the impact? You know, what's what is the impact of ad blocking technology for, you know, different types of people within an org? I mean, you have advertisers, you have marketers, um, you have your analytics professionals, but you also have y- your your finance teams and, and your management team. I mean, there's a definitely an impact. Yeah, there is definitely an impact, and the impact is increasing as more uh, ad blocking technology is available to the consumers on their personal devices, and where everybody wants to now use multiple devices, and as well as keep a device for their own, where they can control the content they can access. So there is definitely an impact, although it, it's not as significant. It's growing. It's significantly growing. So I have some statistics here that I want to share. Okay, uh, great. Yeah. So ad blocking. Uh, if you're a pure advertiser, if your revenue relies on advertising and marketing your content and collecting that ad revenue, then it's going to have a pretty good impact on that You know, because you're relying on one means of generating revenue. So the estimate is approximately between 22 to $25 billion uh, impact, the total cost on ad- advertising publishers in 2015, which is pretty significant. Yep, now, uh, it is. Yeah, if you look at the growth in the users. So we have seen the ad blocking technology has significantly picked up because there are some new tools, new types of uh, uh, software and apps are available to block technology. So in the last 12 months, we have seen a significant growth. In U.S., it has grown by 48%, uh, which which is, if you put in the raw number, so we're seeing approximately 45, 46 million active users. What it means that at any given time, you have 45 million users uh, that are using this technology in the last 12 months. In in worldwide, if you look at the worldwide scenario, again, UK, we're seeing it grew by 82%. Now, again, if you look at the raw numbers, it's not as big as US as 12 million active users uh, up to the month of June. Uh, But I think so, so the net of it is if you are purely relying on the advertising as a means of generating revenue, then you're definitely going to see impact because less and less people will be seeing those Absolutely. ads. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And then content sites, again, same here with the content sites who are purely uh, generating content and they're saying, hey, if you want to see our content, you have to see these uh, weird ads, then they're going to be impacted the most. Now, sites with uh, paper subscription or paper read model and we're going to talk a little bit more about this like how what are the different avenues that you can overcome even if you're in this pure content business uh, with uh, you know with this ad blocking movement but those are some of the statistics and I think uh, is going to grow you know more people are going to have access to these technologies 
uh, more people will feel like the ads that they're seeing are not relevant and they're just annoying. You know, sometimes I go to these sites and you may experience the mm -hmm. same thing and you know, you have to literally wait on the home page for this ad to load and then you click yes. the button to continue to read what you want to read and which is really annoying. Yeah, I, I know. I, I completely agree. And, you know, the, it, it slows down, you know, for SEO purposes, slows down load time. Um, the experience is terrible. People start to abandon sites and it just kind of makes you not want to go back to that site. Because as you know, from your and my experience, advertisers over the past years have gotten very creative in how they push these ads. I mean, you remember back in the day when it was just a simple square, you know, 250 by 250 ad that, that popped up, mm -hmm. right? Now they have these ads that really grow and expand and, and take over your whole screen. Or these ones that when you scroll down, it scrolls down with you you know, for at least half the page and you keep on trying to click out of it and you know what I mean? And you keep on trying to click out of it and then eventually, you know, eventually it goes away, but you know, it's, it's almost like they're just, they're baiting you and baiting you and following you because you think about it. I mean, the latest uh, statistic that I read, what is the average click through rate for an ad? What, what, what would be the average click through rate? Say 0.5%, 0.05%. Point zero four percent. Oh, close. Okay. Point zero four percent. That means not that many people click in these ads. So what they're actually hoping for is a view through, and a lot of these advertisers are making money because they're charging people back on view throughs. But you know, it's just interesting, really, how they've become very sneaky, you know, with the technology. And one of the things I also wanted to add to is, you know, looking at the demographic. You know, ad blocking users, you're talking about great information about the cost of publishers and the 20 billion, you know, plus. But when you look at it, the ad blocking viewers really skew to younger males. Really? So it, it, from the last statistic I saw, um, it shows 65% male, 35% uh, female. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the 18 to 34 age group is really around 36% of the total users. And then uh, 35 to 54 is about 41%. Um, and then also 55 and up, it's about 23%. So it, it's that age group of really saying, you know, the, 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 I guess more away from the baby boomers, more into Generation X. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's those males who are really using it. It's the, it's the tech savvy males. And a lot of what they're seeing the population, if you look at just the US only, it's really more towards the tech savvy people. And they're looking more towards the West Coast. So as you mm -hmm. can see where the, the geographic and demographics push, it's really more towards the West Coast and it's really divided throughout the country. It's pretty interesting stuff. That's very interesting. And one point you brought up here, so it seems like because it's in, in the younger generation do not really want these annoying ads, it seems like because they're the ones that are going to be taking over, uh, you know, pretty much this ad blocking movement will continue, right? It's going to accelerate mm -hmm. uh, because of the, the youth population. So one quick thing, you've talked about the view through technology. So can you speak a little bit more so some of our listeners may not be aware of what yeah, the sure. view through is? Yeah, so w when you look at different ads, um, when, when you're doing advertising on websites, you know, there's really two different measurements that you have of, you know, how people can measure how you, um, you know, how you can gauge performance. There's only two things they can do. They can view the ad and they can click through to the ad. 
But as you know, you know, there's not many people who actually click on an ad. It was 0.04%. So with that, the new measurement that they've had over the past few years is something called view-through. It means that within a given period of time, if somebody was on your website and had the impression to be able to see that ad and then viewed it, and then within, I guess, five to seven days, depending on how the view-through is set up, then if they finally went to your site within that period of time, they then credit themselves as a view-through. And it's all cookie-based. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. So I think uh, I think uh, you know this is a great piece of information. Uh, so let's continue the conversation. So, uh, so I think the question is now – you know, what needs to be done? Like we marketers, analytics professionals, and big data guys, we're all relying on data that are being collected about our customers and prospects in a variety mm-hmm. of different ways and variety of different devices. Uh, so for us and also for, you know, these guys who are in advertising, in content publishing, who rely on advertising as a core source of revenue. So what can we do? And, you know, let's talk about like how do we uh, overcome some of the challenges that are being presented by these ad blocking or, you know, JavaScript or sure. analytics blocking movement. Sure, and I think the one the one biggest point that I have is relevancy. Have very relevant targeted ads, and a lot of that comes with spending money on on proper analytics and data software. Mm-hmm. You know, you you have to be able to target the right people at the right place at the right time. You know, the last thing you want to do is just keep out pushing generic ads that nobody really cares about. Because all you're doing is just you, you're you're creating just numb, you know, uh, ads that are just annoying. You know, ads that you see that you just kind of want to push away, and you just feel like, man, I have way too many ads coming in. I just need to start blocking them because nothing is relevant to you. It's just right. too general and too specific. Now that's fantastic, and you know that's a very good point. And I'm thinking in the direction of like you know three step plan that I think our users and listeners uh, uh, can have. So first step uh, in order to overcome this ad blocking movement is don't freak out. Uh, you know, while the ad blocking movement is growing, it's not like the sky is falling out. Uh, it is mm-hmm. not the end of the world. Things like these happen and, you know, there is a dramatic shift in the advertising. If you look at the early days when there was no Google, no Yahoo uh, search engine, it was a completely different type of internet. And then even search came, it revolutionized the entire web sphere. But at the same time, you know, search has evolved. So there is search available in different formats. So you cannot just go to Google, you can also go to Amazon to shop for product. So there's all this revolution coming in the marketing and ad revolution is also, ad blocking revolution, I would say, is another revolution that's going to come and there's going to be ways on how to uh, overcome this challenge. So I would say not to panic, uh, not to just look at the statistics and you know beat yourself to death and say, hey, you know I can't do anything, and I probably might want to change the career and go away from advertising yeah. to some something else. So it, it is exactly it is you know it is definitely uh, an alarming state, but it's not like uh, the world's going to end. So that's the first step. You know, don't freak out. Just mm-hmm. just do what you're doing and do it better. The second yep. step, I would say, is as you were talking about the relevancy, which is focus on customer experience. Uh, you know, a lot of these analysts, uh, Gartners and of the world, they have done some research, and their research shows in about a few years, in 2016, uh, 80% of the companies will compete on customer experience. And why? Because customer experience is the ultimate thing that you want to drive. 
it is not what ad looks good. It's not you know what is the most popular Super Bowl ad that you're going to play. It's what's going to be relevant to your customers. Do you remember any of those Super Bowl ads from 2014? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, the, I, I I remember a few of them, but some of them were just, you know what I mean? It, it, yeah, they're completely. Yeah, they're, it, they're for they're fun. You know, you can enjoy. They're, they're fun, them. but I them. I don't think I could. I don't think I could give you a list of what they were. I mean, they're they're enjoyable at the time, you know, having pizza and wings and stuff like that and watching the game. But outside of that, I don't remember. I, I remember Doritos is always there. Mm-hmm. I remember Coca-Cola and Pepsi are always competing. I remember E-Trade is usually there, and that's it. Yeah, so we hardly remember those companies. And <laughs> did, yeah. did, like, did it motivate it to, to you to go do business with those companies? I think at the time. Okay. At the time. Okay. But, you know, r- right now, they, they did at the time. But I think right now, you know, it's it's inconsistent. I mean, mm-hmm. you're also talking about a return on investment of 2 to $10 million for a 30-second spot. Mm-hmm. You know, that hopefully has that lifespan. But, you know, you, you make a great point, you know. Yeah, so and speaking of that, and I like the way Apple, with again, what, what Apple did with the iOS 9.0, they have given the developers the capabilities to install uh, codes with, have with these ad blocking technologies. So it just advances the ad blocking movement further. So mm-hmm. I think what Apple is doing is anti-Google. So Google, you know, still Google's a large portion of Google's revenue comes from the ads, right? The PPC yep. ads. Yep. Uh, and yep. then Google is all about ads. If you look at YouTube, like most of the YouTube videos, if you see a million views, definitely there's going to be a, a video ad before the actual video begins. Uh, so they're all revenue, all of their revenue is coming from ads, but Apple is taking a different dimension. Apple is saying, hey, Google, you want to go after, you know, you want to continue building that momentum and drive more revenue in ads. We're going to take a different stand here. We're going to go for customer experience and user experience. And we're going to provide these technologies to the end users that's going to make their experience better. You know, we definitely make revenue from ads. You know, there's Apple uh, oh, yeah. iAds. So, but they're not necessarily focusing on just ad as the revenue. So I think it's a very important and speaks to the customer experience. And how do you think about your customer? Like what kind of intelligence, like you were saying, having the right piece of analytics and data so you can provide the context and content to that customer that they can connect with you in a variety of different ways and a variety of different devices. Oh, I, I completely agree. But I think the most important thing also as, as a takeaway from all this is let's briefly talk about the other side of the, the, other side of the fence. So from a marketer standpoint an advertiser standpoint ad blocking you know it, it it it's hurting the industry it's hurting the revenue their bottom line and so on but let's look at a completely different community you know the disabilities community we're we're talking you know people who are blind people who have learning disabilities people with epilepsy and you know they all love the ad block movement you know, if you if you think about what's going on, I mean, imagine auto playing ads. How how difficult is it for somebody with a learning disability to have auto playing ads constantly, you know, coming on or constantly distracting them from being able to learn? It, it's very difficult for somebody with a mm-hmm. disability, you know, to be able to to read um, or concentrate on an article or anything on a mobile phone or even a tablet or desktop because of these autoplay ads. So think of also about photosensitivity with epilepsy. You know, you have these frequent flashing, flickering images and, you know, they're constantly popping up 
And these could actually, you know, there's a risk of a seizure. They could trigger a seizure within people with epilepsy. And, you know, automatic advertising can be, you know, distressing for some people with learning disabilities because it, it, it just takes away all of their opportunities. So that is people pretty serious. Ep- ep- yeah, very serious. Um, he, here's another one. It, you know, a lot of these ads all of a sudden start playing. And, you know, you know, with Apple's new release with their um, with their new operating system, their new OS, you're allowed to turn off the sound on these random videos at play. Imagine if you're blind. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you're visually impaired and all of a sudden you're trying to use things like Dragon Dictation to go through and read and, and to dictate and all these um, other tools and software. And all of a sudden these music or these videos start auto playing on your device. Mm. Or, or these things start popping up, or these animations come in and you're visually impaired, you know, it makes it very impossible for people with disabilities to be able to access your websites. And that really is the, the biggest part of user experience. It completely takes their their chance away from ever engaging with technology in the future. No, that's, that's a pretty serious issue. And I would definitely encourage people who are listening and, you know, people who are going to listen to this later to be mindful and be respectful of people with uh, disabilities. Uh, so one last thing yes. I was going to as continuing my uh, three-step plan. So first is don't freak out, and second is focus on customer experience. The third step, which is the most important one, is plan for the future. So for content publishers who are currently just using advertisement as a core revenue model, should think about other options. You think about what New York Times does. Think about all these different publications that have understood that ad is not the only one mechanism how you're going to generate revenue. How are you going to change the publishing model? I really want to give an example of one specific uh, uh, publisher who is using the micro revenue model. So what they do is instead of just going flat out like New York and charging New York Times and charging you for the monthly subscription for accessing content, they're charging you of cents for accessing the article. So let's say, you know, if you go to a blog or content of their site, they're going to give you first two pieces of content free. Then for the third piece, they're going to say, pay us uh, 27 cents to continue to read this article which is a pretty unique way and pretty different than what most people are thinking. So there are variety. So the sum of it is, mm-hmm. you know, with, with retargeting and use, so it's a use video ads. You know, video ads, if you're just afraid of yep. being blocked, right now there is no technology that can literally block your video ads. So start using that. Use micro revenue models. Use content paper subscription models. So there are a variety of different ways how you can continue to improve the revenue. So plan for the future and understand what the future holds. Uh, it's all about the experience. It will all be about the customer's experience. Completely agree. And I, I think this is a great topic. Um, and, uh, you know, thank you, Samir. This has been good stuff. I hope everybody enjoys it. And, um, you know, we, we look forward to the next uh, topic next week. And, uh, you know, any, any final thoughts on that, Samir? Or you know. No, I, th- I I think you know this is definitely a very important topic, and I hope the listeners uh, have gotten the information that they were looking for. Uh, and definitely be in touch with us and keep uh, accessing our blog ninja-marketing forward slash podcast to get more of these weekly podcast series. Uh, and I would say thank you so much for listening to us. Yeah, thank you guys, and uh, we'll see you on the air.